I just love interviewing successful entrepreneurs. We can learn so much from them. This is what's happening in Unleash Your Focus podcast today. So I'm assuming you had a lot of struggles in your business as it's been going. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was a new business. I was a new, I was a new mom in a new country because I moved to, from Canada to the United States with a baby and started this business. So um, yeah, that was a struggle. And, and the other struggle that I found was that because I used this business to get a visa in the US, um, I had to spend money before I started the business. So I had to invest a substantial amount of capital before I was actually able to generate revenue. So I had the very uncomfortable situation of doing the opposite of what I had previously coached people to do, which is I would always sell a service and then build the company, right? That's how I like to operate, not not build a company and then figure out if the service (laughs) is going to sell. So the first, you know, the first, well, it's been a struggle to get profitable. Um, For the first 18 months, I was not profitable. Um, And, you know, feeding the company every month was really tough, but I had a very clear vision and I have spent the last two years learning from industry experts and successful business owners, going behind the scenes to discover what makes these entrepreneurs successful. Follow along with season eight of Unleash Your Focus podcast, where I dive in deeper than ever before, unlocking trade secrets, discovering what makes these entrepreneurs successful, but also really understanding their habits, frameworks, blueprints, secrets, and so much more. I also ask one important question, and that is how they have grown and scaled their business to a million or more. I'm excited that you are here and I can't wait for you to apply these strategies so you can become successful too. Welcome to Unleash Your Focus podcast, the number one place that will help you to start, grow and scale your online business today. Hi everyone, today I'm interviewing Julie. Julie has an amazing company and what basically what they do is she publish books. She's a number one Amazon seller and she's got many, many superpowers, but one of the really awesome superpowers is to help other people to publish their expertise. I've met Julie in a similar program that we are in and I invited her to come onto the show. Well, she actually found me because I put a post on and say, I want to interview people and she very, um, she agreed to do that. So thank you, Julie. I really appreciate your time on this. I think the audience can learn a lot from you. Can you please tell people a little about you and where did you grow up etc <laughs> yeah sure thanks Joy. um yeah so I'm actually a Canadian who calls Los Angeles California home um yeah. and I started book launchers in 2017 and we're a professional self-publishing services firm so we help people with ghostwriters and writing coaches um, nice. all the way multiple editors designers um, we do all the Amazon research for you we set it up for distribution and then we have a team of fabulous folks who will pitch you for live appearances, podcast interviews, um, you know, library distribution, bookstore distribution. Basically, we do everything under one roof to help you set your nonfiction book up um, for success. That is really, really awesome. So how did you get into that? What was the the thing that might just start (laughs) your business? Because it's a really cool little business. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's not it's not a short it's not a short story. So I'll try to hit the highlights. Um, my background is as a real estate investor. I started investing in real estate in two thousand and one, and you know, little bit by bit, I started writing newsletters and kind of doing some different things in the real estate space. And I wanted to write a book. Um, and, and I got connected because I started to build a platform in Canada and I got connected with some editors and one in particular at Wiley, one of the major publishing houses was interested in working with me. I told them this book idea that I had of all the real estate investing deals that I'd done over the previous you know, 11 years at that time. And they said, no, no, like that book won't sell. It's a general real estate book that's been done, but we have a book idea for you. And then 
they gave me an idea and we went back and forth for three months and I didn't even really want to write that particular book, but I just kept thinking book deal, right? Like, book deal is going to be amazing. I've been chosen, you know, all these things. <laughs> and, uh, and then they wrote me an email after three months and said, you know, the marketing department doesn't think you'll sell enough books for us to give you a deal. So after all that, they ended up turning me down. And wow. it was, it was really heartbreaking, devastating at the time, but it was actually the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And that it, it, the book launchers didn't start in that moment, but in a way, you know, like that's the pivotal thing that happened to me because I dove into self-publishing and I went back to that original book idea that I really knew needed to be written. And I went into it with a little bit of a vengeance. I was like, fine, you know, you're not going to do this. Then I'm going to do it better than if you would have given me a book deal. <laughs> and I, I spent as many hours researching marketing and book publishing and all of that stuff as I did writing the book itself. And I took it to number one overall on Amazon. So I had a Dan Brown, I had a Game of Thrones, you know, it was number one in print books and top 100 print books for 45 days. Wow. So I did do it better than if Wiley had given me a book deal. And it opened my eyes to the challenges that an entrepreneur or business owner or subject matter expert faces when they go to self-publish. And, you know, it, it took me another, that was in 2013. And, you know, it was another four years before I launched Book Launchers. But I, I saw all the gaps in the market and the need for a company that thinks about marketing before you start writing your book, because that's what traditional publishers do. That's they true. figure out if your book will sell before you even get a book deal. Most people who self-publish, they write the book and then they figure out how to sell it. In fact, a lot of people write the book, put it on Amazon and then try to figure out how to sell it. And you've missed a huge, huge chunk of what has to be done to set your book up for success. And so that's why everything's under one roof. Like it is essential. And that's why people call me all the time and they're like, can you just do editing? I'm like, no, we are a marketing focused organization. Everything we do injects marketing into it. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell the story short, but that's how book launchers came to be. <laughs> I love long stories like this because they're so inspiring. It's, it's really, it's, it's, you're born out of that, that oops that happened. And I love the Avengers. Like you really kicked us in their ass. Good job. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Thank you. So you basically, you have like a, if I can say like a circle, you know, and if one chain is broken, then nothing is working you know, your marketing plan. Did it did you struggle to get that completed or that chain perfect over time for other people I mean, after you launch your own book? Yeah, I mean it's never perfect. And that's the thing people yes. always have to realize is there is really no such thing as perfection, especially oh, in book publishing. Um, you can you can pursue excellence, you can pursue, <laughs> you know, a lot of things. But and a lot of really great books don't sell. And even if you do everything right, you know, the reality is it still might not sell that well. Um, yes. You know, there's there, there's a, a little bit of luck involved. There's, you know, there's lots of things that are involved and you have to be willing to go into it with an open mind and be ready to experiment and, and in some ways take a bit of a risk. But that's why what we do is so important because we inject a lot of planning early on so that you're set up so that you're thinking, not only how am I going to sell books, but how is this book going to be used as a tool to yeah. get me in front of other things that can open other opportunities and other, you know, because it's really hard. A lot of people look at the ROI, like how many books do I have to sell to break even, but they're not factoring in the fact that that one book generated, you know, 50 podcast interviews that led to 15 clients, but you wouldn't have got those interviews without the book. So it's a, if you haven't thought it all through, it's tricky, but yes. you know, that's why what we do is so important. <laughs> yes, definitely. I completely agree. And I know like I've got clients that self-publish their books 
And um, I know how hard it has been for them. You know, some of them now have made sales, some are still struggling to make sales, so I'll probably send them your way. But it is, it's definitely been, and it's a struggling because as, as an author, I can imagine you feel kind of like a failure if nobody wants to buy your book. And it's not necessarily your book that's the problem. It's just the marketing around it. That's the problem, right? Do you, do you have to fix a lot of the things when people come to you and they're like, oh, well, I have this book. It's not selling. Do you, like, is, there, is, is that a harder process to fix it than to just start from scratch with somebody? Yeah, to the point where we don't really take finished books anymore um, oh, because we, we've tried really hard. And what happens is we make recommendations. People come to us and I say, okay, look, we're going to have to go back because we need to do, you know, there's some vital pieces. Keyword yes. research, for example. But what you call your book, that title, it's really hard to change. And so you gotta, you really gotta do that keyword research and understand what you're competing yes. against. Yes. Um, you can have the same title as another book, yeah. uh, as long as it's not trademarked, but um, you should you, right? And a lot of people don't do enough research to figure yes. out if they're gonna yes. be able to dominate with that. And, and so they come to us with books that have problems. And a lot of times they say they're open to changing, but they're really not. And so we've really, right now in particular, we're not taking anybody who isn't, who's past the editing phase mm -hmm. because we're finding that it's too hard to build in the pieces that you really do need. And ultimately, you know, what sells a book is the hook of the book, which has to be built into the beginning. And, yeah. you know, one of our clients described it like coming to us, they built a house without a blueprint. And now they're going to somebody saying, can you fix my house? And we have to rip up the walls we, or we have to rip out the walls. We have to pull up okay. the flooring. And we're, we're never going to have a house that was, is quite built right because we don't, we didn't start with a blueprint. So we're finding that we have to start much earlier, but we, we used to try, we, we sure gave it a, a really good try on the finished books. <laughs> Cause yeah. And that's why I asked you that question. Cause I'm thinking I'm in my agency, it's like that because people would come to me and say, fix this. And then it's so ingrained everywhere, you know, all the mistakes and it's really hard and you give it a go, but sometimes it's really hard to fix. It takes more time to fix than just to implement from scratch. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the podcast is called Unleash Your Focus. And the reason I started this was, you know, to inspire people and to motivate people and if they're stuck in their businesses, et cetera. But one of the biggest things that I found over the years interviewing successful people is to figure out what makes successful people successful. And one of the, the common things, if I can put it like that, has been routine and structure and all of those things. And that's why I love the Sharpen program, you know, and obviously that's where we meet. Can you mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your routines? What would you do on a daily basis and basically your morning routine? And yeah, just that would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to me, the thing that has been essential to my success is that I plan the next day, the night before. So the very last thing mm -hmm. that I do before I ever shut yeah. down is I lay out exactly what's going to happen to the next day. What's the most important things I need to get done. Mm -hmm. And I have always done that. And if I miss doing it for some reason, then I'm it, the day just is off from the beginning. So it's been vital. And I think a lot yes. of people kind of it's such a simple thing. And yet so few people yes. do it. Yes. <laughs> it's now it's now something we train our team, like everybody on my team gets this training to plan your week at the start of the week to put the yep. essential things in, and then plan every day the night before and lock off time for things and um, not check email first. And those kind of things make all the difference. So that's a routine and a structure for me that I think is vital. <laughs> yes, definitely. And uh, yeah, you can actually sit on screen. Momentum Planner has is really good as well, because it helps you to do exactly that starting point. Um, do you meditate? 
No, not really. I've started doing breathing yeah. and breath work. I've started yes. doing cold plunges. Um, but meditation on my own, I have, I just, I don't enjoy it. I don't, I find it, I get anxious. It, it has the opposite effect for me, <laughs> <laughs> but I have been doing breath work, um, you know, through the Sharpen group, they introduced yes. us to these so great I'm couple had a and, and, breathing. and that's has, been really, been really great. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it, it was it's a new sort of meditation, but it doesn't feel like meditation to me. It's really, you know, Canada's focusing on state breathing and start energizing. So, so yeah, yeah, that struggle. And the other I've got, got to meditation. That because I, used this <laughs> I get the struggle with it. In the US. I, I completely um, get it. I had to spend as well money before I started like, the business. Why would you sit so for I had 10 to invest a substantial amount of capital doesn't make sense. before I was actually <laughs> and I always And I felt revenue. this. I was like, this so is stressing me out. I need to get going. I need to do something. So I completely understand what I feel on that. So with your company, how long have you been operating? That's how I like to operate. Not build a company. And then figure out 20 services. We started June of 2017. Unofficial. Actually, kind well, of the official it's been a struggle to get September profitable. Of um, for the first no, 18 so months, for I was not profitable. Um, and, you know, feeding the company every month was really tough. But I had a very clear vision and we never had a problem finding new clients because how we do it is really unique. And we have an amazing team and we mm -hmm. deliver amazing books with marketing at the end of it, which is so important. Mm -hmm. So the clients haven't been a challenge, but just raising our prices and and really seeing because of all the professionals that I want to be involved, they're very, they're very expensive. So it's been a struggle to kind of get myself built up to that point. But, um, mm. but now, I mean, we've grown, we've grown dramatically and it's been wonderful. And, um, you know, every day is a new challenge. Like that's kind of the thing. There's never, <laughs> there's never a day that isn't a struggle of some kind, but they're yeah. all challenges that are new, which to me are the great ones, right? If you if you keep facing the same obstacle over and over again, that's a, that's not a good thing. Yes. But you know, if you hit a new challenge every time, it's like, okay, great, we've learned from the last ones and we've created new problems, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> There's always something to solve. <laughs> How do you work on solving problems? Is there is there a, a method that you use? Uh, it depends on the problem, honestly, uh, because mm -hmm. we do have a lot of different problems. Uh, but for me, I, I've never run this company alone. Like right from day one, I hired other people because I was a real estate investor with real estate and finance as my background. I wasn't a publishing expert. So I had to hire people, part of the visa, I had to hire people anyways, but um, I surrounded myself immediately with people who knew more, far more about certain, <laughs> yes. certain avenues in this business than I did. So a lot of the problem solving goes to other people. And I go, what do you think? What do you know? Um, you know, I kind of do some fact finding before I, I really do anything. And then I usually decide, but a lot of times I'm actually pushing the decisions to other people that are closer to what's going on. Yes. I have a big hashtag goals behind me. And earlier you mentioned vision and I feel personally vision does tie in with your goals. Um, I've got a vision board right there. Do you, how do you set a vision or a goal for your business? That was the thing I brought to the table, right? When I was hiring, before I, I rolled into the country with this brand new business idea and nothing else, and I'm hiring people for it. That's what I sold was the vision, the vision of a company that gave the author all rights and royalties. So they have full ownership, full control, uh, but we act like a traditional publisher in everything that we do in terms of the quality of the book. And in fact, we're better than a traditional publisher for the most part on the marketing side. We work with many traditionally published authors, in fact, that need everything yes. we do on the marketing side. Yes. Uh, so I brought this marketing first vision um, to the table with the quality of a traditionally published book. And that vision lays the foundation for what we do and attracted the people that we need to do it. Yes.
that's that's really awesome and people need that they really need that that process so if you if you have a goal in your own business how would you set that specific goal do you have a method of setting a goal like action steps etc honestly i mean that just goes back to the sharpen process that was a lot of why i started with that program because my process is i decide and then i start working on it right away <laughs> Which, Me too. yeah it's pretty much the entrepreneurial way of making a hot mess of the life of your people that work for you <laughs> so, yep. so my whole team you know in the beginning they would that was fine but as we've grown i mean we have uh, we have 14 full-time employees now and 42 contractors. So uh, wow. you can't, you can't just change your, just no. make a decision and <laughs> go now. It, it really, it wreaks havoc with everybody's lives. So I follow the sharpen process, the quarterly planning, monthly planning, and, you know, right down to the weekly planning. And that's made it much better for the team. I've had to learn a little bit of patience because sometimes I do really want to get something going and I've tried sliding <laughs> things in under the radar and done everything they tell you you shouldn't do. But, um, you know, a lot, you can accomplish a lot in a quarter with a vision and laying, breaking it out into monthly and then weekly goals. So that's what we do now. And it's really, you know, I can't take credit for any of it because it's all the sharpen process because my process is decide and do. <laughs> <laughs> which yes. worked for a while but <laughs> I get that too and I've had to learn to to implement the steps to get me to that because I was exactly the same yeah I completely get that but it's fun though in some ways it's fun to just do that <laughs> you learn a lot you do you learn do. a lot but you you can't you can do that when it's yourself and maybe if you have one or two people working with you but um you really can't do that to other human beings they're 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 not most people don't act like that and operate like that or enjoy <laughs> enjoy operating like that <laughs> they'll just go oh julie again again uh -huh. <laughs> you know <laughs> definitely i get that okay avatars are really big and obviously being you know in the same program um or similar stages of the program but avatar has always been a really big thing I've always been in marketing and sales at some point of my life. And so avatar concept is not new for me at all. And when we sign up a client for an agency, an agency, we actually, that's the first thing we understand, you know, it's the avatar. So I'm assuming with book launches, it's the same thing because you're very specific with who you are serving. How did that come about? How did you define your avatar and how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, we're still defining it um, to like refine, maybe refining it is a better word. Uh, I feel like it's always, you're always learning as you go. True. But uh, from the beginning, I knew I would only work with nonfiction because I understood the business model for nonfiction yes. authors. Yes. And, and we do do memoirs, but our focus is really on people who want to do something with their book. So some memoir authors do want to be speakers or they want to, you know, they have a goal for writing it, but some memoir authors don't, they just want their story out there. Yes. So our preferred kind of client is somebody who's going to use this book to get speaking engagements, to grow their business, to get leads, um, you know, to solidify their expertise in their industry, those kind of things, because they make sense. And then it also fits with, you know, my, I have expertise in branding and sales, um, of course, real estate. But I, I really understand how to use the book to position yourself for those things. So people yes. who want to do that with their book are really, really good fit for us. Yes. Oh, that is so, so awesome. And I've been poking on your website and um, I strongly recommend if you guys have a book to publish, go to Julie, because just looking at the website now, I'm thinking I need to write a book so you can do something <laughs> with it. <laughs> it really just looks so awesome what you guys are doing. 
so one of the one of the biggest things that I talk about on my on my podcast is really just um you know how do you how like the blueprint of how did you get to your success level do you have a like a, a blueprint or do you have some defined method that got you to where you are on this level your growing pains or not your growing pains your growing steps yeah I mean for me it's always been about taking action and not 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 settling into a comfort zone it's really, as soon as I feel like I'm comfortable, I know it's time to change something. Yeah. Uh, and so it's really always pursuing that growth and not being afraid to totally change. Like I was really, you know, I was a real estate investor. I worked full-time and then 2008, I quit and became yeah. a full-time real estate investor, launched a real estate training and education company. Yeah. And there was always reasons not to do the very thing that I did. Um, so when I went to self-publish, there was a lot of reasons not, you know, people said self-published books weren't very good. You know, they had a stigma in 2013 still. Um, and it was, it's kind of just going and knowing yourself and believing in yourself and knowing that you'll do what you need to do to succeed and taking action. And then if something doesn't work out, you just look at it and go, okay, what can I learn from this? How can we move on? I mean, my team laughs at me because if a client complains, I'm like, okay, great. What can we learn from it? Like, <laughs> they're, like they're really mad at us. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's unfortunate. But what are we learning? <laughs> and that's kind of how I approach everything in life. I'm like, okay, well, if you're not if you're not making mistakes and messing up, then you're not working hard enough. You're not trying new things. So, <laughs> I love that. That is such a great approach because you have to do that, right? Else you're gonna go, you're gonna make yourself crazy with all the mistakes and everything going wrong all the time. Interesting question for you. Um, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs or did the back just bit you kind of along the way? Yeah, kind of. I grew up in a motel. So my parents oh, owned wow. and operated a 20 room motel off of the highway. Um, yeah. And and so, yes, I was around that. I didn't really, I don't really consider them entrepreneurial in that regard. They were business owners. It's kind of what you had to do. We were in a small town. So if you didn't run a business, you didn't really work. Um, unless you were farmers, but even farmers wow. are running a business. So, yeah. Um, so yes, they, they, they were tied to this job though, 24 seven. I mean, my dad, and I told, I, I just wow. put out a new book and uh, called self-publish and succeed. And in that book, I, I more or less open it, but talking about how my dad would answer the door at 2am in his blue velvet house coat, taking a baseball bat, because if somebody wanted to rent a room, you know, they'd pull off the highway, they'd pull into the motel parking lot, they'd ring the doorbell. My dad would go down with his baseball bat just in case they were drunk (laughs) to protect himself because he had some scary situations. Wow. And he and he would rent them a room and then he'd go back to bed. (laughs) That was life. (laughs) So yeah, they they certainly provided a foundation for, you know, not having a boss. That would be the thing. And I also learned that I didn't want to have uh, a situation like them where the job was 24 seven. I wanted to be location independent as much as possible and, you know, not have to work at 2 a.m. if somebody needs something. <laughs> Standing with your baseball bat. And... <laughs> that is absolutely, that is such a fun thing to say, um, my word. What is your biggest success? What is that thing that you feel makes you successful? Uh, I mean, for me, I think it's, it's, <laughs> partly partly being humble like knowing that I don't know everything not even trying to pretend like fully showing up and going I have no idea (laughs) you know that that part uh, I think that's a big part and then my willingness to take action Uh, like I am not afraid to try something I'm not afraid you know moving to the states my grandma she tried to convince me not to she was like you're 40 years old, you have a baby, you're starting a new business in a foreign country, as much as, you know, it's Canada and the United States, it's still a completely
completely different country. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she's like, like, you should be settling down. Like, this is the time in your life to be doing the opposite of what you're doing. Uh, But that's not how I am. Like, I'm like, oh, no, this is this is a cool challenge. Like, it's pretty much (laughs) the opposite of what I think anybody should do, too. I agree with grandma. She was was safe. It was hard. But uh, but no, it's it, it was just I decided and I do. And, and that really is a formula for success until you have a team and then you have to change. <laughs> <laughs> what, why did you decide to do it in, in America, not in Canada, your business? Uh, it was partly for my husband. He had gotten into acting and also in his 40s. So it's not a great career. I mean, it's a really tough career path at the best of times. Yes. Um, extra hard and 40. So we kind of were looking around and just thought, you know, if you're going to give it your all, like, let's go to Los Angeles and you give it your all. Again, this is me, decide and do. Um, <laughs> I'm like, well, if you're going for it, let's like actually go for it. So you know that you, you like, you don't ever have to go. I wonder what would have happened if. Um, yeah. I don't ever want to think that. I don't ever want to go. I wonder what would have happened if, like, if I think that I'm going to go do it and then I can tell you what happens, <laughs> <laughs> even if it wasn't a great plan. But so that was really the impetus for the move, but ultimately yeah. it, it was the greatest thing for me because I would never have been able to hire, I hired an Emmy uh, nominated writer to come join my team as our story expert right from the day one. Oh. And then I found somebody who had worked, um, helped basically done the exact job that I needed her to do for my company for other authors. And wow. um, those two people came on board with nothing but me saying, this is what my company is going to do. Will you help me build it? And in Canada, we're pretty conservative. And first of all, I wouldn't have been able to tra- attract that level of talent. Yes. But second of all, I think people would have been like, oh, you're a startup. I'm going to watch you for a few years. And then if you're still around, uh, I'll join you. Um, yes. So it's a very different mentality. So ultimately, I really think um, while the move started off for my husband, it's been phenomenal for me and for the company because of the talent and the ability to attract them and for people to actually uh, be excited about joining a brand new company at the time and, and, you know, be excited about growing with it. Yes. And it is exciting when you, when you like personally for me, if I see an entrepreneur and they're growing the company, I'm excited. I want to be part of that growth and that movement because, and especially something like what you're doing, you're literally changing people's lives. That is such a rewarding thing to do. Do you, when you look at, like, I'm looking at your website and I'm looking at all these books that you've published and my goodness, there are so many well done. But um, if, when you look at that, does that feel like, do you feel what you do for people? You know, the awesomeness that you actually create for people, does that make you happy? Yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. And I mean, it's also makes me happy because my team loves it. Um, We have meetings every day and we celebrate covers. We celebrate the wins that our clients are getting. And it's not, it's not about us. Like it really, what we do is all about our clients and helping them create great books. And the stuff that my team gets mad about are when clients are getting in their own way and they're, they're actually impacting the ability for their book to be great and for their book to have results. That's the stuff that really frustrates my team. And that's, you know, as much as you don't want to be frustrated, that's the part where I'm like, like, this is awesome (laughs) because my team cares so much that they're getting upset that the client is getting in their own way. (laughs) I completely get that. I really, really do. All right. So where can people reach you? Where can they speak to you about their book and what exactly can you offer them at the start on how they can go through you to publish their book? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, the best place, like just for tips and ideas, um, you know, my new book, Self-Publish and Succeed, uh, you can get it pretty much everywhere books are sold. That wraps everything up. Like our whole no boring books philosophy of writing a book with marketing in mind. Nice. It's all in that book. Um, but if you want to connect with me and just kind of ask questions, booklaunchers.tv is our YouTube channel. That's where I hang out. Like that is, if you want to directly connect with me, I do lives every two weeks. I comment on every video that comes out when you ask questions. So that's a great place to connect with me. Working with us, go to booklaunchers.com. Um, and you can fill out application form there to chat with one of us about your book idea. And we can figure out if, if we're a good fit to help you with your idea. I love that. And I just have to say to you guys, like I've came across a lot of self-published publishers like Julie, and this is amazing. I strongly recommend to go check her out. If you at that stage of you want to publish a book and you have no idea where to start, she's your starting point. Just go to her for nonfiction. Uh, this podcast is also about people being stuck and not sure if they want to take the next step in the business or they don't know if they actually want to start a business, et cetera. What advice would you give for somebody that is just sitting on the fence or they're stuck in their current business? Yeah, I mean, my, my, my kind of saying is the missing piece is always action. So if you don't know, you're not getting information. Like you don't have information until you take a step forward. So figure out what one single step is. Um, yes. You know, it's a lot of people have to see the entire path, right? Imagine you're in Vancouver, Canada, and you got to drive to Los Angeles. You think you're going to figure out every turn you're going to take before you leave. You're not. So <laughs> you're just going to get in your car. Like step one is probably get in your car, maybe pack your suitcase. So figure out what step one is, and then just keep taking a step until you decide either this trip isn't for you, or <laughs> maybe another direction is better, but you need to get more information. Sitting on the fence yeah. doesn't do you any good. <laughs> your well, bubble gets sore. <laughs> I love it. And Julia's a perfect example. She packed up and moved to Los Angeles with a baby. So, and started a business with like no clues. So there you go. More than action, you're not going to get. So that's a perfect <laughs> example. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Julia. I really appreciate your time. This has been great. And um, thank you so much for everything that you do for people. It's amazing. And it's it's really, I feel humbled by knowing you that doing this for other people is really phenomenal. So thank you so much for your time. And we will pop all Julie's links below and making sure that, you know, again, if you want to have a non-published or non, non-fiction published book, please, she's the person to go to. Thank you so much, Julie. I really appreciate your time. And he must have a great day. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.